And welcome back to Richmond Tiger Talk. My name's Nick. And I'm Andy. This is going to be a bumper show, Andy. It's going to be a bit all over the place. We're just going to have to write it out. Um, We are the Monday night after an absolute gut-wrenching finals loss and all of the, the football media about Richmond is about our potential off-season trades. And, yeah. Ugh. It did occur to me, Nick, that, um, and we'll get to the game shortly, that, you know, we always complain about the clickbait articles, um, about the trade speculation, about the endless dusty speculation, partly driven by his own manager. And then when you get to Monday morning and Robbo's first two points in his, his column are really interesting uh, Richmond risk management things because that's the reason why um, there's so much uh, trade speculation is because that's what people click on. I must well, have, I mean, I must have been... And Dimmer's been talking about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, to adding Car- to it tonight, Car- which is, I, was, I was just watching it. Meat, meat fire. But wow. yeah, I was actually thinking, thank God for that speculation because that, that has helped me move on. All, all the speculation has helped me um, emotionally move on from... Uh, from Thursday night. Hmm. Look, the yeah. Let let's talk about um, Thursday night first. How we feel about it, you know, everything involved with it. Maybe maybe not about score review. I don't think I can possibly talk about score review. Nor can I. Um, I'm all I'm all set up to to talk about Tim. Tim Taranto. I've and in fairness, pound- have been for about 10 weeks. Yeah, I've been <laughs> pounding Tim Taranto tape like nobody's business. Um, we should, uh, we'll talk about AFLW as well, because I think um, easy to, to overlook. That was that was possibly the, the best performance of the of the team since we entered the, the competition. I don't know. And potentially debatable, but I'm... I think you can you can make a strong case. So yeah, look, we're bit, we're barely going to even get to the Jacob Hopper stuff. Um, so apologies in advance, but oh, it's a lot. Okay, so starting at the start, I, I wanted to just one nice thing about the game. Um, neither of us could go up, but I made the decision to watch the London. And good on you. I fortunately, um, actually, I was able with, with my guest. Uh, and uh, before mentioned Ando, the designer of our podcast stuff, we we hadn't arranged to uh, to sit on his table, but um, he was gracious enough to let us join because if you want, if you didn't get to the London before five, you weren't getting us a, a, a table. Mm. Um, it, it was packed, and the atmosphere was amazing. Nick, it was just it was like being it was it was loud, it was passionate, it was people were riding every kick. And yes, it was a little bit drunken, but it was also friendly. You know, there were plenty of Brisbane mm. fans there, and it, it was just amazing. It was such good feeling. Like it, 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 there was lots of hugs going on. There was incredible highs. Obviously, it, it didn't finish how we wanted, but like it felt, you had the feeling of being in the Tiger Army. You felt so lucky to be a Richmond supporter with a club with so many fellow Tracys who were just so invested in the team. Like I couldn't imagine. Um, you know, I can imagine a few pubs where you get a similar atmosphere. But uh, for similar team for other teams, but I don't think there'd be many. So yeah, it, it, it was just a magic night. And there was a moment, Nick, where um, when Shane Edwards was first subbed, and it was a close up of of mm. him. Yeah. And, and um, you know, realistic, rationally, um, I turned to the person sitting next to me, and we both agreed. Once Prestia's hamstring was was done, the season was done. That was the moment. Yeah, I had the, I had the same thought as well. But gee, gee, it was exciting when Sheds came on. Exactly. Like, there was this huge roar um, when he came on. And, you know, me of all people have been, you know, you know my views on Shed, the Shedder's season. But I was just overcome by the emotion and the, and the story of it all and what he mm. means to us and what a, what, what a what a journey this team has been on. And I actually said, well, yeah, I think if Shedder kicks the winner, um, uh, Swan Street's going to be closed again because there's going to be more writing, <laughs> maybe a few less people this time. But, yeah, it wasn't to be, but uh, it was still yeah. – it, it was amazing. It was amazing atmosphere, and I, I felt lucky to be a, a Richmond supporter despite the incredible frustration of the final result. I know. It's worth it's worth noting 
um, you know, last week, last week, like the two old guys at the Muppets, we confidently predicted that they'd um, drop the kids in order to to bring back uh, Dusty and uh, Jack Graham, and they Sonzi Sonzi and Ross not only started on the field but uh, played really key roles. <laughs> no, well, I, I got what well, no, I'm, except for the Edwards being sub, and I'm sort of worn down on that point, I got exactly what I wanted the week before, so it was, yeah, and it, it was really interesting to watch, and starting with that, um, aside from Nank, and we'll come to his game in a sec, a lot to discuss there, Ross had his best mm. ever game on the AFL ratings, the week after we made a joke about him having the most best ever games on AFL ratings except for <laughs> Shane, Shane Edwards, and then he had, did it again. Um, I know it, it was it was really gratifying the the change in his game uh, that in he's you know he's moved sort of into the the Kane Lambert uh, midfield half forward role, and you know, we we made patronising jokes about how well he disposed the ball against Essendon without a great deal of pressure. But in the heat of the final, he was he was still disposing. He was still calm, still composed, and making really good decisions. It would, yeah. It, um, two-year contract extension looking great. Yeah, um, good timing of that extension too, because mm. I bet it was negotiated before the last two games. I think it was yeah. na- announced after the Essendon game, but it would have been negotiated before then. So, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and and equally like Tyler Sonsi's first half, like um, you know, fifteen fifteen disposals in a half of football in the finals in your first final, um, is pretty good. And you know, maybe maybe yes. it's under understandable that uh, he faded a bit, particularly after getting uh, blasted by Mitch Robertson, who who must have somehow knocked himself back to um. 2010 with that hit when he was incredulous that a free kick got paid. I was incredulous that a 50 wasn't paid. Um, but Sonsi's composure to go back and slide it straight through the middle was was great. Yeah, and uh, 1,000%. And also, of, with the obvious exception of that hand pass over, over his head in, in yeah. the first quarter. Yeah, that was great. Um, but that, which is the... Uh, the uh, virtue of youth is is it's inconsistent is the best thing inconsistency yeah. is 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 the best thing I can say about that. But yeah, I actually check Nick back on Ross. Um, it it felt he it felt like he got more he got dropped more times than he did because he'd often get dropped and then into the sub. He actually yeah. only played four games of VFL this year, but it, it felt like he was in and out more. Um, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, he yeah because uh, Thursday night he'd come up as being dropped and then then he'd be the sub. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he's. Uh, it's a much less strong example, but um, uh, j- just going to show that um, selection and those kind of things is not a perfect science, and that. No. Um, now, no, uh, um, but, but actually, look, I, I will say he, this: I, I did ask Ando a question about a selection. Would you have preferred mm-hmm. X and Y? And he said, "I never make comments about that because um, you know they just know so much more information than us." I thought mm-hmm. mm, that's a good philosophical yeah, approach. Yeah. Um, would make, wouldn't make for such exciting podcasting, though. I don't know if you would have been able to hear it on commentary, but, you know, Anthony Hudson, really well-researched um, commentator, thought that um, Tyler Sonsi was a left-footer from watching him warm-up. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Nick, I never heard the commentary all night. The London was far too loud. And um, yeah. with the greatest respect to this show, I'm not watching this replay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm in a great deal of pain. This season's Richmond team, it went out on its shield. Like, it uh, it was fast, it was fast, it was exciting, it was fun to watch, and it was defensively fragile. Yep. And and, and all of those things made it a complete rollercoaster of the season. Yeah, and we couldn't defend a lead. Yep. Like, everything that happened. It's not so much being able to defend a lead, it's just being able to defend. Like, and, no, that's and, true. But, but I mean, you ju- I just mentioned in the last call, particularly in the uh, when that the other team, you know, we talked about it a number of times. The other team would be able to have periods of time when they dominated the ball, and for us, that was particularly after uh, Prestia got got injured. Um, yeah, and and the dam the dam broke. 
as it as it has unfortunately on other other times this year. It was, yeah, it was frustrating. I don't know. Uh, the the inside fifty count was high again. I mean, we won it slightly, yeah. but it was sixty three to fifty nine, oh, which is pretty pretty high a, count. It, it was a really exciting game of football. They, they actually won the by expected shots by ten, which would have been the greatest irony ever if we we just held on and because <laughs> <laughs> we, we if they hadn't kicked that last game. We would, they would have won unexpected shots, and we would have won the game. Oh, like it would have been, like it's within ten points or yeah, something. Big deal, was, but um, it, was, it was close. Could have gone either way, you know. Could have, could have, should have, would have. You know, Liam Liam Baker doesn't have a have a giveaway brain fart. Fifty, you know, the Lynch the Lynch thing is a is a centimeter the other way. The AFL has properly calibrated cameras. Who knows. What else stood out to you? I mean, to, talking about how much fun uh, this team is, like the uh, Morris Rioli, um, you know, flicking his <laughs> flicking his hips and straight into our hearts once again for that for that goal was was pretty fun. I uh, he was just um, he was amazing. He was so much fun. You know, the crowd goes nuts when uh, yeah. he gets near it. Um, yeah, the utter revelation. Yeah. And and the work rate as well. That uh, the goal that uh, he set up uh, for Dusty, he starts off parallel with Lynch in the in the centre square and runs a hundred metres at full pace to um, to be free in the in the forward fifty. Like, yeah, it is. He he has both come come a long way, and I think you know. And there's still more. There's still obviously more there to to tap into, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's heady, you know, the optimism of the moment. But you know, I I feel like he's got a really he he's in a good place uh, to to really make the most of his talent. I think so. Like he'd struggle to play in every. Not not every team he wouldn't be a starting player in, in every AFL team and he he's come to the, the perfect place. Sort of the the, the I, I would say the more the issue now is when people start strongly like this, the expectations become too high. Um, you know, can he become a midfielder, yada yada yada. And and we'll see. Um but what right now he's doing he's playing he's an important part of a team that played finals and mm played finals fairly well and uh that's no no small achievement at his age considering where he was drafted or yeah where yeah. anyone is drafted yeah yeah no absolutely no joke um look i thought i thought all of our younger players maybe sonzi accepted um seemed a bit nervous at the start i thought cumberland was well, well i mean except the aforementioned hand pass but yeah sorry go on yeah yeah, but that was, that was like his third or fourth touch. Like he, he was well, he seemed well into the flow of the game. Like um, uh, Cumberland had a really nervous first kick. Miller and Gipkis both dropped their first mark. Like I, I think Cumberland in particular, like you know, apparently had loads of loads of family there, as you'd expect for a, for a Queenslander. His first final, like I, you know, he's he's pretty highly caffeinated kind of. Kind of guy at the best of times. Really. I think I think he was maybe a bit too amped up, but you know, still still trying super hard, doing his best for the team. You know, created created a goal out of out of nothing with a uh, with a smother. Um, uh, yeah, no, I. You know, it it wasn't his best game, uh, but he didn't disgrace himself at all. Um, and like Kipkis, like the occasional. Moment uh, aside, like I, I, I thought he had he had a really solid game. Yeah, it. I completely it that, that was good to hear about him because I wasn't sure about his game. You know, his no, first the, drop. The, month. the re the replay was kind. Um, well, that's good. I'm I'm glad in, to hear that. He was in a lot of one on one contests, and you know the the whole reason you draft. Um, yeah, 197 centimeter key forward who's a really good athlete is that he can hang with, you know, Eric Hipwood, who was a 201 centimeter really good athlete. Like, then there was proof of concept. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it wasn't, it was Cumberland's worst game um, by far. If you if you look at sort of across his season, the thing that sort of the age was is they actually had. Um, 
a lower average age, but we had they had one debutant, but we had more players, more callow players who who were mm. in, in yeah. vulnerable spots, and you know that, that as you said that that showed out in you know Cumberland and Gibkiss. Um, sorry, Cumberland and um, Swansea combined had four four possessions in the second half, which is not to you know they've done very well to mm. play, but you know that that was when you're already a player down, yeah, that, a, that, that, that hurts. Yeah, it's a tough stage. Um, look, Miller didn't have his best game either, but he still, you know, still did workmanlike uh, stuff. And he, he very nearly, the where he sort of roved the, the centre hit out, um, got it to Pickett, who got it to Bolton. Like, if he'd, if he'd nailed that shot at goal and that turned out to be the winning goal, we'd still be talking about it, right? You know? Yeah, he, he was all right. He was all right on the ratings, and sort of a, yeah, it, it comes a comes a difficult game once once the big O came out. It sort of yeah, it, it mucks things up he, for the second round. He didn't play much game time uh, for for precisely that, but yeah, again, he took he took some nice marks. Oh my god, yeah, he played forty percent game time. That's super low. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a bit of a shag. I mean, that was one of the many pities about the. Mm. The uh, Prestier injury that I think it's quite likely that um, um, Miller might have got a tweak in his calf in in late in the third quarter had had Prestier not come off. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'm I'm all over the place here, but I, I think a bit of chaos perfect, perfectly suits the game. I thought I thought Liam Baker did did not have a, a, a particularly good game. It was just one of those things where the ball didn't bounce for right for him on, on more than one occasion and his disposal wasn't great and yet uh, when it came time to sit under a high ball and take a super courageous mark in the last quarter, you just knew he was going to do it. Yeah, I mean he was our worst rated player um, so I, I think that's the statistics uh, backs yeah, up your eye test. I mean the, the, the statistics say that but also you can also say he, he never stopped trying all day, um, even when when things weren't going his way. Yeah, it certainly it's, it's a, it, it was a wildly it was a wildly held opinion on on uh, Richmond fandom that he didn't have his best game. Um, but point taken about his bravery, which you know frankly wasn't in doubt. Um, we do need to pay credit to what Jack did. Um, oh my god, his shots! It, it's I I feel bad. I feel like the rest of the team let him let him down with those in shots virtu- in the last with, quarter in, in his virtuoso performance. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it was pretty great. Yeah, it, it, and it was really emotional. It was it was emotional stuff. Um, Vossi, we haven't mentioned, um, got coaches' votes. Um, yeah, it was really good. I did. I, I I honestly got a bit annoyed at the coaches' votes because I thought, oh, you know, a lick a lick a plant on Tom Lynch's shot, and are those are those votes going to be the same? Hmm. Anyway. Well, I mean that's that's a good question about the Nankova's question. Um, the advanced ratings loved him uh, in the uh, by the AFL ratings. Yeah, but by both sort of champion data and AFL ratings, uh, he was the second best player. I oh, know he wasn't. Um, so Neil was obviously the best player on the ground oh, by a country no, no. mile, God, but um, that was frustrating. McCluggage. Uh, was better by one measure in Nankovis. But either way, he was the second or third best player on the ground. Fascinating podcast. So I have a theory about his game. Like He was just completely dominating once the big O went off, as you'd hope he did. Mm. But so I, <laughs> a mutual friend of ours does tease me because I always blame the midfielders when the Ruckman does something wrong. Mm. Um, I, I, think, I think there is a bit of that. That it was like when, the, when Nank grabbed the ball out of the Ruck, we just we couldn't we couldn't capitalize on it. Amid couldn't get separation, and it, no, it, it, the, it, and they it, couldn't. They often, particularly like the whole second half, a midfielder could not get in front of their damn opponent at, at stoppage. Yeah, so so, so I, I'm kind of uh, like it, it's almost when it's so one way, it, it reduces the advantage of such a dominant ruck because well, the other yeah, t- other team. Every- uh, they just play to the, the dominant ruck. Yeah. But but when the ruck's so dominant, he can jump it and ha- grab it and hand pass it. Um, yeah, you'd you'd frankly expect yeah, more. You sh- shouldn't make more of it. Yeah. And and it felt like often it was as you said there was like Nank didn't have anyone to hand pass. Now 
whose fault is that? I'm I'm sort of saying that that's that's not all on Nank. Um, now, yes, he should have punched through the lot the, the ball at the last moment, which has been much discussed. Right. But but that's one moment. Yeah. Um, um, but a, you, a, moment, a moment of madness after you know running, working working his heart out all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we still. I think we've been a little bit like we lost a fifty-fifty game to not the greatest final team who had the, had their ruckman out. So like we need to be. We should. Yeah, I think a, de- a degree of criticism is warranted, but yeah, we yeah. do. Do we lose if if we have pressed your all game? Mm, I oh, don't. God, God no. I'd, but I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd take pressed your head big O as well. Yeah, we are, we, we are un- uncomfortably reliant on Prestia up until perhaps this offseason. <laughs> yeah, and and but yeah, look, I think the Nanks, aside from the the the, the brain fart at the end, I, I think you could look at Nanks, what Nank did round the ground, uh, through a more positive light than I think, but that it's been perceived uh, because it was sort of a team failure in the midfield. That's what I'll say, and because. You know, at some point the stats don't lie, and um, they're not sort of they're not the wanky um, uh, um, volume stats. They're real game impacting stats. And um, you know, at some point, look, if I was going to go to scapegoats, Cochin's fifteen and Bolton's ten touches, fourteen, fourteen or well, anyway, roughly whatever whatever it was, I would have that that much higher on my list of um, yeah. reasons we well, lost than Nankovers. That is on uh, Shay's off-season to-do list. Like he he kicked two goals, and you know if he if he kicks a third, he's had a good night. But yeah, he's got and and Stasevich is a genuinely good player who wasn't in the team last time we played them. But yeah, he's 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 gonna get. He's clearly got more hard tags in the in the last month of the season, and that's that's the next step for him in is in is in learning to play with him because he's 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 target number one for the for the opposition yeah and look Cochin kicked a great goal and his pressure acts really high he he led the team oh one other thing I forgot to say about Nank he had an enormous amount of pressure acts so yeah. not only did he get 26 touches he was like he did do a ton of work and yeah. Cochin's were good, but you just like you look at the numbers there. Midfield was racking we ne- up. We needed we needed more from him as a as a midfielder, as a ball winning midfielder. <laughs> and the answer might be in our off season um, <laughs> preview. Yeah. But yeah, so um, is there anyone else you wanted to highlight? Oh look, I thought we missed Grimes Grimes on Cameron. That was that was frustrating. Yeah, that kept, that kept, that became very apparent as as the game went on. I agree. Um, and sorry. look, uh, a couple more. I thought I thought Pickett was immense, um, and, yeah, that's and fair. someone and someone who got better as as the game went on. Like there was there was nothing about the the pace and pressure of the game that that bothered him, and he and he pulled out a spin move. Like it was, yeah. If there's such a thing as vintage Marlon Pickett, that was it. Long, long, long way performed for us because he's become a. Pretty important player. Yeah. Um, I thought Dusty was fine. I thought it was unfortunate that we that Prestia's injury meant that he couldn't just keep playing as a as a, a forward because you know he certainly had his moments of as being dangerous and yeah I still would have played him but yeah he he was also clearly underdone. Yeah, I think it's too no. Like, look at the counterfactual. No coach is not going to is is going to not play him um, in no. that situation. And, the, and you know, the, the, what's what's the alternative? Well, well, this is like this is not the first game we've lost this year because um, we can't win a clearance when either. I think I can't remember. I think Prestia didn't play the St Kilda game, and we were too reliant on Thompson Dow. And Thompson Dow ran out of gas in the second half, but. Mm. This happened. Thompson Down still Thompson Down, unfortunately. Yeah, but he is. He he probably had he had he been the sub, he would have been a far better option than Cheddar. If you had it in in hindsight, known that yeah, Prestia was that, the one. That's person. always yeah, and Edwards would have been a better sub as a as a forward. Right. Yeah. Look, frankly, yeah. frankly, could my could have could have should have would have. My well, I mean, 
Okay, so there's two things about this. Firstly, my being annoyed about the sub has been drained out of me by the awfulness of George, like the all-time bad performance <laughs> by George the week the, the week before. So I'm, I'm sort of uh, the, the being a smart ass about that has 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 a lot less appeal this week. But yeah, it's been it's been an issue for a while that we didn't have a plan B in the in as a clearance player from Prestia. So once he was gone, the season was was over, and I, I think. Like, had we even beat Brisbane, I, I, I can't see us. It... Yeah, we would have been underdogs this week. I mean, Brisbane. Brisbane, I think, are three goal and underdogs. They are a bit more than three goals, but yeah, you're roughly right. And Clayton, oh, Clayton Oliver just would have, like, he would have had another locking Neil game, and they've got a better, mm. a way better surrounding cast. Um, and Nank doesn't get 26 touches um, against against Gorn. Um, Jackson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, look, uh, back to Dusty, yeah. And he's just not... It's been a while since Dusty's been like a, a dominant centre clearance player. Maybe he's still got it in it, but he's yeah, definitely... He, look, he was still good at it last year. Um, he, he was our second best clearance centre clearance player last year. Like, it, I, I, think, I think Dusty needs a hard reset this often, this off-season. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Take take what you will, what what you can from the um, non you know the the entirely secondhand reports. But you know if if it's the case that he's staying, you know the word is they're going to give him a, an extended break till January, you know, and hopefully that's what he needs to you know get his get his mind right and his and his body right because I, I reckon he's still got a lot to to live. To give, but you know this. This this has been a season from hell. Oh uh, well, we could we should go back to that issue in the when we discuss the off season. But yeah, look. But he hasn't been like so. Like he's sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. But yeah, he's he, he's not. There was we put him in the centre clearance under necessity, not not because that was preferred what way to use him. Um, and no, but I being out no, of shape. I, th- I, th- I think oh, I don't think he was out, out of shape. Well, you year. know what I mean. But he, sorry, he, he's not in that game. He's not. Um, there's no way he was ready for for the rigors of a full AFL midfield in, in that game. He was would have no. been far far better off playing off the half forward flank. But you know, I, I think even yeah, it's, a, it's a situation we were forced it, into. Even if he was 100. percent Fit Dimmer's plan A would only be to spell him in the in the centre clearance and not not to play him there full time. Mm. Um, we've we've said this maybe fifteen times um, and the season, and you know he's he's been richly uh, recognised. But Dan Rioli was good again. Yeah, he was fine. Um, his, his usual um, industrious self, or through probably worked hard, worked hard to kick a goal. Yeah, yeah. The, once you get a goal, it's a good game. Yeah, and he, you know, he's he's running. Like he's, oh, oh no! Yeah, actually, they don't have the tracking sets, but uh, he 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 was working really hard. Yeah, he's had a good season. Um, that was that was really frustrating. <laughs> exciting, exciting, but frustrating. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's a brave team. Um. It's an exciting team, as you say. It went down. I, I want to see more shield. of it. I, I want them to, like, I, I totally get, you know, and the the wanting to double down on this group and and the, the promise it showed you know, with it with its weird mix of you know younger players, mid tier players emerging, older players. Um, uh, still being good, yeah. I I can see why they want to double down on the group. Well, so it's a bit of a straw man argument because because one person on Twitter says it doesn't mean that a lot of people are thinking about it. But like, just to take the extreme counterfactual of do you rebuild, um, blow it up and rebuild? Well, firstly, hardly any club actually does that voluntarily. No, they teams almost you know we've not had a, a club really voluntarily self destruct since since Melbourne. Um, did it as a as a cautionary tale to everyone, um, 
you know, they're, and, and they're, they're already well on the out by the time they decide to do it. Yeah, and North North Melbourne and West Coast got there by sheer incompetence, and I, I just don't think we've got the level of institutional failure necessary to be well, uh, well, Nick, Nick just, a bottom a bottom four team. Like I, I think I think that if you that whole taking a step back thing. You know, there's an uncomfortable chance that it looks like Essendon for the past 10 years where you're getting a lot of Darcy Parrish and Aaron Francis draft picks that are that are 50-50. True, but the, like the other thing, like the hard reality is one reason no one does it is because everyone gets fired. But well, um, Everyone you... gets fired and you've got to suck. You can't you can't keep, keep producing good players. Like you've got to... Um... And Nick was spending a lot, a lot of time beating down a stall man argument. Um, but... Yeah. But, but the, you raised. But the reason I raised it was not to was that. Um, so let's say you lived in a perfect world where you could highly rationally um, uh, uh, rebuild at the perfect, choose the perfect time. You wouldn't choose the perfect time when you have the dominant key position player in the AFL. No, but that, I like. Building an AFL team is a is a messy and organic process. Like you know that we've seen how long and painful draft based strategies take. Like you've got a and and Richmond's dynasty arrived on the back of um, Ben Lennon and Corey Ellis. Like there's sort of there, there is. I mean, yes, we also drafted Dusty and Cochin and Mance. Um, you know, there's there's both there's there's luck, there's management, and good planning. So I think, and there's no perfect way of doing it. You know, got to be annoying if if Geelong, you know, it'd be exceptionally annoying if Geelong wins the premiership uh, this year. But you know, you'd have to take your hats off that they've they've at least tried a different model. But yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, I, I mean, like, just to kill the... But all I was trying to say, Nick, was not to kill the idea that we should blow it up because it's never going to happen. No team has ever done it. And it's not rational to do it any for for exactly precisely the reason you just said is that it's too unpredictable to know what's going to happen next. But you're also, if you're to look at the core pieces of the team, okay, Dusty's current contract's a big worry, but there's still, you can build a narrative where this team... You know, there's plenty of ways you could convince yourself because um, there's sort of a, you know, at least in a partial, you know, some people have questioned, what people have questioned is whether we should be going after Tim, Tim Taranto at this time, which is was my long segue. And there's sort of, there's still plenty of, um, of upside. You know, when we go into the finals, the, in, we'll definitely be a top six team in the finals betting next year. If we get Tim Taranto, we'll probably be top mm. four. If we get Taranto and we don't lose, we don't have any major injuries. And I'm presuming here that Dustin's coming back. Oh, because... Look, look, I think I think it's, it's you know, save save all the next year stuff um, <laughs> for, for future shows. I think the the boiling down the, the Tim Taranto thing, which, which seems... You know, incredibly likely, if if not a, across the line, the re- the reason why you you get Tim Taranto is that he's a he's a twenty four year old Tim Taranto. So he, the the uncertainty of an eighteen year old is are they going to turn into a good player? Yeah, he's he's proven to be a good player. He's a best and fairest winner in a grand final team, which is probably overstating the peak of his uh, value. Um, and you know we can talk about why he's a good player and well suited to us because I, I think that's absolutely the, uh, the case. But he's also a former number two pick in the draft, and you're getting him presumably for pick twelve plus something else. And we just had pick ten in last year's draft, and you know you're up to the fifth best midfielder. By then you just don't you don't you don't get to buy. At the Tim Taranto end of the car yard with pick twelve, so yeah, I think you can overthink that particular decision. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. but you, you you pay. There's no discounts. You, like you you, 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 you you pay you pay market rates, and actually the um, 
you know, actually, you know, there was a bit of fuss on the weekend about the potential Tim Taranto uh, contract. And, oh, my God, like, say what you will about the Giants and their, their never-ending um, stream of uh, elite players um, leaving them. But, God, none of them ever leave for a discount. Um, the uh, uh, Tim Taranto will be the fifth highest-paid Giant to leave the team in the past five years. Um, and, you know, he is, you know, he's getting a pretty, he, he's, I have to admit, the the value of his contract didn't surprise me that the seven years did a little, and, you know, I was a little squeamish at that, but, you know, Zach Williams got um, six years and over five millions, Cameron, Cameron, who's older, got five years, Shield got six, uh, six years, like, it's just, there's... Um, these guys, good on them. They're getting market rate uh, when they leave and shopping at that end of the aisle um, is, yeah. is, is not cheap. Every fan group is told after they sign one of these GWS players that he loved out your team's culture and he really wanted to come <laughs> to come there. But, yeah, they're, um, they're still... They're... Trelaw said so himself. He got 900000 <laughs> <laughs> Look, bottom line is that, you know, these guys don't... This is the most lucrative... This is, this is uh, what they cost. Like I think the the um not dunking on tank cane corns is isn't a cheap and easy thing oh, to do. Look, but... I, look I, the I don't mind it. Like in a world where they're sort of so like acknowledging the salary cap is relatively starting a debate about it, it's 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 not the worst of his takes. Yeah, but oh, I think it it was pretty bad. That that you only pay seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, for a Dustin Martin type player. Well the bidding for Dustin Martin was well over one million dollars a year. Like the the second highest team was well over a million dollars a year. Tim Taranto is not in the top thirty um, highest played players in the AFL uh, for next year, and a lot of those guys are midfielders. Like Kane Corns is is about ten to fifteen years out of date with his yeah, information. If he on, just on said if he just said he, five he years, was just, he was just wrong. Yeah, the the the, the length the length you sort of. As I said, yeah, that the length is a is a little, but it takes him till he's thirty one. Like the the length the length is partly longer because, you know, the big free agent deals are for guys who are twenty six and twenty seven, not twenty four. You you're paying Toronto till he's thirty one, which which is still a risk. But yeah, it, 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 it's anyway, not as big a risk. Nick, as, I'm I'm not that interested in they get more into they get Sorry. more into no the the point is. Uh, the 30s are the really risky years, you know, as, as we are seeing to some extent with Dusty. And and the Taranto contract stops before you're getting really deep into the 30s. Yeah, I mean, there is a chance there'll be a... There's a good chance yeah, there'll, there'll a be chance. The, the, a lame duck year or two at the end, and that's that's the price of doing business. And, you, you know, you just have to accept that. Now, if, but I'm not really that interested in dunking on Kane Corn's exaggeration for attention. I am interested in what, how you, your analysis of, of Tim Taranto. Why is he worth seven years? Why has the club made this uh, made this decision? Well, the, why? I'd, forget the contract stuff. Why? Why does he suit Richmond? Because um, he's an endurance pig. Fifteen nine on a on a beat test as a junior, which would be. Um, higher than any other Richmond player. Um, no midfielder ran more than he did in the 2019 Grand Final when he when he could have been perfectly justified in in giving up uh, as many of his teammates uh, did. Um, he oh, of games where he's played more than a couple of games, um, his highest possession rate is actually at the MCG, and and most players uh, play better. On their home ground, like the open spaces, like he is for for he's a funny player for a top two pick in the draft, and then he's more of a a walk a workhorse, you know, who do, who does have the occasional flash forward. Although oh, he's kicking for goals, a bit dodge. That's that's going to be frustrating. But the, but the work rate um, inside and out of the contest um, we're going to enjoy because um, you know honestly. You know he's not he's not the flashiest player, and being being of sort of generic AFL height and 
hair color. It, you know, he's not as flashy as as Ward or even uh, Cornelio or even Tom Green because we spend our time lusting after him. He is just a consistently good player for. You know, he wins a lot of ball. He's 25 disposals a game, 10 contested possessions, four clearances. Um, and what you don't expect for a number two pick in the draft is that he is nearly as good a pressure player as Jack Graham. Um, he's consistently high... Sorry, yep. Consistently high pressure stats. And if, if they were still doing the damn AFL uh, prospectus, um, the very last year of their... Uh, publication, he's top 20 in the AFL in points created uh, off pressure um, with almost the highest rate of effective tackles um, uh, from from his pressure. Like you, um, you sort of, with, with that draft pedigree and, you know, Jacob Hopper's and a quite different, Jacob Hopper is, you know, I haven't done as much work on him, but it, and he also kicks kicks and not the odd nice goal as well but he he's a classic sea ball get ball inside inside ball Toronto's much more of a workhorse but he's a two-way workhorse and we really need that like I think I think we've he's been identified as someone who for a midfielder that can give up a lot of ball at times he's just gonna be and uh, bring a work rate and a defensive attention to detail that we desperately need. Yeah, and like one thing I like agreed uh, that that's great analysis. Um, the one thing, um, and you sort of, you wonder about, as been pointed out many times on this show, like the ridiculous amounts of uh, very high draft picks the Giants have in their midfield yeah. and a lot of inside mids. Um, like he's too, he's much discussed 2019 best and fairest was um, he was, uh, he had sort of by far his best, well, not by far, but sort of by 20% his best clearance numbers. And was that partly about the role he was playing that um, in the Giants, he sort of had to, he, he wasn't all, he sent a square attendance was rate dropped off from 2019. And I wasn't able to find that numbers, but were you able to find anything like that? Uh, he did. He, 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 I haven't seen it year by year, but he he consistently spends time out of the centre square because you're also rotating Hopper, who's best played in centre square. Clint Cornelio needs time in centre square. Ward's best position is centre square. Tom Green's best position is, is centre square. Yeah, exactly. And, and that also goes to the point of, like, he has been playing the the table-setting role rather than the knife role. And as you pointed yeah. out... He's not a bad kick. I've I've watched a fair bit of his kicking. It's it's fine. It's not it's not great, but it's not a problem either. And and but he also hasn't. In unfortunately, this is another thing that we can't look back. He, the ratings don't love him, and I, I just wonder whether the, on the champion team, data the champion data rating again from the AFL prospectus, which which took into account. Um, points created off pressure liked him liked him quite a lot more than the AFL player ratings, which sort of what, just that, just what, takes pressure pressure points as an input. What was the last year of the champion data prospectus? Twenty twenty. So, oh, so it's it, it's off the twenty nineteen uh, season. Um, but, the, yeah, the like I mean the twenty nineteen season was it was damn close to all Australian. Mm. Just, um, but yeah, it, it's the. It, it's sadly the only thing, and, and, I, and I, to be honest, I, I would love to. He might have done well on the ratings that year too. I just couldn't. I, I looked and I couldn't find. Not, the data. not, a, not as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it, it's the what I liked about it is that it's the best measure of his of his two way game, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's why we've targeted him. Yeah, and uh, he's also he's the best midfielder available. Well, Jacob Hopper is the best. Center square, you know. If you if you want to win a clearance for your life, uh, Hopper Hopper is better at that. True, but um, I think we and we and we we're, we're apparently chasing him as well, which is is broken my brain. Yeah. So Dimmer talked about that. He just did an interview as we report report this podcast, and 
like as discussed previously, one of them's out of contract and the other isn't. And so as a starting point, um, someone who's out of contract always seems like the far more likely um, yeah. uh, target. And and there's n- there's no other club in the in the chase for Toronto seemingly, whereas you know Geelong Geelong and others have been up to their eyeballs. And and GWS can always not trade him, as you say. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I had a quite. Consp- this is a very Bill Simmonsy conspiracy theory about whether we're doing the Giants a favour by to- try- tossing our hat in hard on the Jacob Hopper um, sweepstakes because it's in both our interests for the uh, for the Giants to maximise the the bidding market for Jacob Hopper. Or through the fact that we've already met with him does not does not. Um, no, that that that, that seems more than more than more than uh, faint. Um, yeah. I will, I will say that um, Jacob Hopper is is an incredible story um, for AFL e- expansion, like the, like that, you know that the Giants the Giants only come into the competition in twenty ten, um, you know he's he's from from country New South Wales in the Riverina where, you know that you know it's not. It's not like it's a country town who's had an AFL team for a hundred years. The Giants come in three years later. Um, Jacob Townsend, who's from the same town of Leeton, um, joins the AFL, and a couple of years later, um, Jacob Jacob Hopper does as well. It's incredible. Yeah, it, it is indeed. Um, by the way. Um... Uh, so yes, uh, wants to come back to Melbourne is the commonly quoted thing, yeah. including by Damien Hardwick. So yeah, Le- there you go. Leeton, Leeton is more than two hundred kilometres from Albury. <laughs> he he is home, effectively in AFL terms. Um, yeah. uh, so, I mean, there's a million pieces in the salary cap, and yeah, look, not, I, not... I I don't think we should. I I don't even. Snide jokes aside, I don't even have the brain space to to. Uh, properly uh, talk talk about Hopper. Um, you know, he's, he's a really good player. Um, but it, it seems, it, look, it's it's related to everything. But um, so the other, I think, news that is concrete, it is fairly concrete, is that because um, uh, Jack's been linking it to a guy he does a media show with, <laughs> um, is that Jack was offered three hundred grand. Presumably, Trent has been made a similar offer because Dimmer was just quoted. But as, certainly does it explain where we've we've got the money from. <laughs> it does rather <laughs> at least. Um, I like. I, I'm even then. I'm surprised we we can seriously entertain both. But um, yeah, there's uh, they have big decisions, which will probably may well be. Dimmer seemed to imply there's a tomorrow timeline to it, which seems a bit quick, but um, but we might know fairly quickly um, what what the stars are doing. And I I do think if you're thinking through how does Richmond have salary cap space, the Dustin Martin's contract has two years to run, um, and if you're on a seven-year contract, you can um, have have the first couple of years be relatively light, um, as a thought. Yeah, pushing out beyond the, the Lynch years because we're coming up to the crap years of the Lynch years as well. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's got three more. Yeah, three more. Three more. Um, but yeah, um, like the, the two big contracts to eat over the next two years, but you can push it out past then. Mm. But yeah, the the Cochin room will be really interesting, and it is sort of interesting when you think about, you know, in other sports, it's common that players. You know, especially in the NBA, but to a less extent the NBA, uh, the NFL um, players will take those much reduced contracts for another year or two. They do it all the time. They come back to fill in roles in a team. It gets a bit different when you, if it's three hundred grand, which is accurately reported, which I suspect it is considering the source, um, and like three hundred grand wouldn't be that much more, or maybe even equivalent to what Jack would get. Working for Fox Footy, so it, it, yeah, but he still he does quite a bit of media already. Like, why, why not do both? True, but you, you could work the weekends. Presumably, the big money comes if you work the the high the, the high value weekend. I think, think three hundred's a lot for um, for off off field talent. Well, I think from, an uh, opportunity from, just came up from Channel Seven. From what I've heard, well, you know the the Luke Hodge um, story is that you know he did the extra couple of years at Brisbane because he. Saw his first paycheck um, from Fox Footy and wondered where a zero had gone. Um, anyway, we should talk about the AFLW. 
that was a really good game. But could, yeah, it was. Can I just say finally thing? But I fully support what the club's doing on that. Like it is, it is too easy to play sentimentality. Like it, it is hard. And um... yeah, I, d- I also think we don't, we shouldn't overplay our hand because what's what's Plan B is not immediately uh, apparent. I think fragile Graham is fair. Anyway, well, we're getting off the point, but I, 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 I was, I, I think at least having a slightly uncomfortable moment in that negotiation as, was, as long was the as, right way as to lo- play. As long as you and I are not sitting here having to um, uh, talk up Josh, Josh Tracy or James Stewart at some point. Uh, remind me. Oh, Josh, Josh Tracy is a key position forward from Fremantle who is said to be available this off-season. Like the, the, I would have thought Jacob Bauer, um, getting excited about Jacob Bauer playing his debut game in round one would have been the, would have been the, the, the more obvious oh, link to make there. God, God, you'd have to recruit. You would have to recruit somebody from other clubs, and that the key you you get to the the bottom of the key forward barrel quicker than quicker than you think. So, yeah, that, that's that's my point on that one. Um. So we ne- we nearly beat Adelaide, um, which is a you know it feels like a participation trophy, but they have they have been a, a dynastic team in in AFLW. You know, weakened weakened by exam- by expansion, and you know we led them for three quarters, if if you know almost never by um, more than a goal. We dominated the inside fifties. Inside, uh, in, we dominated the inside fifties, particularly in the first half. We were, uh, we actually almost doubled them. Yeah, yeah, and and yet and yet, it it always felt like they had another gear, uh, which which they did, unfortunately. And everything everything we said about the the forward line without without Katie Brennan, although. You know, admittedly, there was some really exciting uh, goals uh, kicked. Um, Emilia Isis was great. Maddie Shevlin's was great. Yeah. Mon Conti did a power of work. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was f- both encouraging and frustrating at the same time. Yeah, and... Um... The Cuddy Brennan thing is is frustrating, right? Because like we're, we're probably two two and zero now if, if she plays. Yeah. Um, and I just checked the news, and um, there's still no update on um, uh, yeah. on, on our injury. So you know, God forbid some of the stuff we do get told about, and not that. Um, but um, yeah, that that is frustrating. Uh, Courtney Wildfield um, was uh, through not perfect in front of goal was powerful. Mm. Like, um, yeah, some nice she was good. She was clearly very fired up. Like Mon Conti just um, remains she, absolute. She was great. Tessa Tessa Lavia as well. I mean, we've raved about her before, but like that, that she is as good as she is. Um, nobody saw coming, essentially, and she was a really good player. Um, yeah, I will also say that I completely agree. Um, I don't know which Hosking it was because they both played this week. But um, in the Mon Conti highlights, it starts with an absolute. Um, uh, oh, wipeout! Uh, Sarah, it was Sarah, was it? Um, yeah. Um, cracking Shepherd. Um, oh my God! Oh, just one thing in the AFL and the AFLW. I, I wish they didn't have current players uh, playing, uh, commentating, because they're so reluctant um, to play uh, to co- criticize other uh, other current players. And I know. Well, which is which is always always the case. Um, for the for the men as well. Like oh no, I said men and women. I, I yeah, had I, I had it equally. They're, compl- they're completely uh, insipid, and and current current coaches are even worse because you get this incomprehensible word salad. Or um, ex coach or coach ex coaches who expect to be coaching next year. That's yeah, who are, who are, NFL who are, league. Who are, who are positioning for their for their next <laughs> job. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, 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 anyway it was good. It was good to have the 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 dual Hosking brutality back in the, back in the team again. Yeah, indeed. Um, and unfortunately, uh, one of them's wearing strapping, so they're easier to um, tell apart. <laughs> to, t- to tell them apart. Um, I feel like Ellie McKenzie is uh, sort of on the verge of of having a 
having a breakout game, but yeah, hasn't had it yet, and unfortunately faded a bit in the in the last quarter as as the dam broke. Yeah, had had fifteen last week, thirteen this week. Uh, had five tackles this week, um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I sort of just by the eye test that it did feel that um, it was it, it wasn't almost. Yeah, you can feel, she's not. You she's not that far. There. She's not that far away, but she's not there. Yeah, and I, I wonder whether it'll come this year. But um, it's it's she's mm. good to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Gracie, you know you completely see why they they recruited Gracie Egan. She's uh, an, another workhorse uh, in midfield in a midfield which which was on top of you know a a pretty Rolls Royce. Um, Adelaide midfield for for much of the grant of the of the time. Um, I know she only had four touches, but I thought Poppy Kelly was okay as well. Uh, took a lovely yeah. contested mark. Yeah, Ruckman, <laughs> Ruckman <Ruckman> forever. <laughs> through that said, um, uh, uh, her opposition Ruckman uh, had um, twenty six, uh, twenty five hit outs and uh, thirteen disposals. So yeah, um, bit of a disparity. Yeah. I know the yeah. Well, I mean, Gabby. Gosh, she's twenty-three too. Jesus, Gabby. Her, her, and Gabby sort of split split time equally. So, sort of the aggregate aggregate hitouts were were reasonably close. But yeah, yeah, Gould, Gould was really good. Um, it was it was a frustrating game. Um, I do think we're going to take out some of that frustration on Hawthorne. Um. Sunday at uh, Punt Road. Oh yeah, the um, they're horrendously awful. I, it'll be. Um, oh, they're a bit. They're a bit more competitive this week, but uh, still not that competitive. Um, yeah, I. I, I well, um, I, I was also I was handicapping for the fact. Oh, um, actually, sorry. Oh, we're twenty-four and a half point favourites. So yeah, yeah, I mean, they no, lost. Bad. They lost. <laughs> By fifty-three points to St Kilda, um, and yeah, one thing they were decent, but yeah, yeah, they're, I mean they're basically around our level. So, and they they did lose two players via concussion in that game, so they won't be playing this week. Yeah. Uh, so they're both injury affected and um, not very good. And yeah, so um, uh, yeah, we're going to start pretty strong favourites. The week after yeah. will be far more interesting as a game. Yeah, no, that, that'll, that'll be a tough game. Because Essendon, yeah. Essendon uh, came back and almost beat Carlton last week. Yeah, I think after the the two women's games and the men's game over over the past 10 days, um, <laughs> where we you know, led led for the majority of time in all three games and, and lost all three, it would... It would a a not a comprehensive win would be would be a certain palate cleanser, and yeah, I don't know. I I feel like we're going to have a few more shows <laughs> shows in us this offseason. Yeah, I think so. Um, look, look, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, if you're right and we're um, if we're taking a bit of a risk with the negotiation, we might have a huge retirement of like one of our all-time club legends, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally not ready for that. <laughs> I, I, want, I want them to get it done. <laughs> yeah, look, I've made my opinion clear on that, and I think the club's handling it well. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's just, you know, hard line, but just soft enough <laughs> at the end to get it done. That's all I want. Uh, I'm Nate. I'm Andy. We're Richmond Tiger Talk. It starts with a vision. If we're not locked into that, might as well pack up and go home. You're talking about three flags, one, 2020. Fitzroy's played in my files with you guys. And after 13 straight losses, the Tigers are no longer toothless. Their first win for 2010. Carmel Hunt. Look at Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are lost their way to Sydney. West on to kick a goal from here. He does. What a start. Cunnington slow. He's gone. Non free kick, surely. In the final home of the way game of the season, obliterating the Tigers by 113 points. First preliminary final 
in 16 long years, and they have done it. They've won. The Tigers are into the prelim. Tigers.